Amen. Today, we want to look at a glorious church. I want to start the introduction of the glorious church. So the title for this message this morning, the church is a house of glory. Amen. The church is a house of what? Glory. The church is a house of glory. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, Apostle Paul said that, Now my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly than you can think, according to the power that work in us. And for this reason, glory must be in the church. Hallelujah. So Apostle Paul was encouraging the Ephesians church that glory must be in the church. So the church is actually created for the glory of the Lord. Amen. And the little uh, studies that all of us we have done, we all know that the church is people and the people is the church. Amen. So we are, when we are talking about glory in the church, then we are talking about glory in the people. Hallelujah. So we are talking about a glorious church. Then we are talking about a glorious people. Amen. It is God's intent that we become people of glory. So at one point in time, David got this revelation in Psalm 8 and said, that, Oh God, who is man that you are mindful of? He's just a little lower than the angels. Normally, I don't like the English. I like the tree. Because the tree says it very, very well. I say now, Oni pakura eni wanya onyame weni ekumno hon. Agaka krebi na wayeti sewo. See that, it's just a little and then he will become like you. Hallelujah. He become what? Like you. So if God is a God of glory, then it means that the people are also people of glory. Amen. And glory means power. Say power. So there is this song that we normally sing that I am building a people of power, a people of praise, that my praise will be in them. Amen. We are looking for power. Tell your friend we are looking for power. Amen. So the church exists to depict the glory of God. The Greek uses this word, endosos. And this means splendid or noble. In out of the apostles chapter 24 verse 3 and out of the apostles chapter 26 verse 25. There is this word there, noble. Uh, you noble Felix, you excellent Felix. Uh, so the church is very noble. In First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-six, you see this one. If you use uh, King James version or the New King James version, in First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-six two, we see the word noble there, which is being ascribed to the people. So God's intent for us is that we will be honorable. We will be what? Gorgeous. 
So because God's intent is that you will be gorgeous, you will be noble, you will be honorable, you are very attractive in the eyes of God. The church is very what? Attractive in the eyes of God. And anybody who touches the church, anybody who touches you, touches the eye of God. And who can touch the eye of God? Huh? God will just stand there and then you'll be able to use your hand to enter the eyes. It's impossible. But anybody who touches you means that that person has touched the eye of God. And therefore the Lord God Almighty will deal with that person. So I want to admonish you that you are not a common person. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you exist to depict the glory of God. Hallelujah. So it is glorious in the eyes of God. And because it is glorious in the eyes of God, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Apostle Paul said that, Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. The church is so dear to the heart of Christ, and therefore there is this image and that is being linked to it. How a husband loves the wife. That is how Christ loved the church. And therefore, he sacrificed everything to the church. Hallelujah. And Apostle Paul make us to understand it very well. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, verse 28, Apostle Paul said when he was about to leave Ephesus, and then he called the leaders, he told the leaders of the church at Ephesus, and said that, Beloved, you need to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself very well. And also take care of the flock that the Holy Spirit has entrusted into your hands. Amen. As an overseer, have you seen it? Take very good care of them. And the reason why Paul said that was that because the church is being purchased by the blood of Jesus. Amen. The church is what? Being purchased by the blood of so it is very very dear to the lord and therefore it is very special in the eyes of the lord hallelujah amen now because the church is very special to god and is very dear to him and therefore he purchased the church with his precious blood the church is very unpopular to the world amen the church is what? Very what? Unpopular to the world. You cannot be in the church. You cannot be with Christ and then the world will love you. It's impossible. Amen. Huh? If you are a Christian and then the world will love you, it's impossible. Because Jesus said that as they have hated me, so they will also what? Hit you because I am not of them. Amen. So let us see this. Because you are very... You are very uncommon or unpopular to the world. Apostle John put it in, in this form. Let's see how he put it. Revelations chapter 3 verse 14 to 16. NLT. What does he say? Mm-hmm. In Laodicea. So Apostle Paul, sorry, Apostle John I had a revelation. He saw Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying that I am the head of the church. 
write this letter to the church in North York, PIWC. And what does it say? The church in Laodicea. What does it say? Mm -hmm. I love it. He said that this is the message from the one who is what? The Amen. So the name of Jesus Christ is called what? Amen. It means that everything is what? Yea and what? Amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of God's new creation. Jesus is saying that you, you are very precious to him. The church is the eye of the Lord God Almighty. Therefore, he knows everything that you do. He says that you cannot be a people of glory when you are neither hot nor what? Cold. Neither hot nor cold. Huh? Jesus is saying that he wished that you must either be cold, you see, or you are either hot, hot. You can never be lukewarm. You can never be what? In between. Huh? Your yes must be your yes and your no must be your no. A glorious people are the power. Nowadays we always pray the power, the power, Pentecost, this, power, this, that, that, that. But I'm telling you, if you look at the ancient landmarks of Pentecost and what we believe in it, we believe in sincerity, holiness, and righteousness. This was our bedrock. And therefore, when the people, they stand and then they pray, they see the hand of God moving. Hallelujah. They were hot people. And now the church has become Laodicea. It has become lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. And yes, so we expect the power and the praise of God to be manifested in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. You didn't say amen. <laughs> Amen. You see, we need to be people of power. Amen. Huh? I'm not the one saying it. Say that you are neither hot nor what? Cold. Mm -hmm. But since you are like the dead, the dead lukewarm water. Mm -hmm. He said that I will spit you out. I will spit you out. So Jesus Christ is looking for people who are pure and holy and righteous. Huh, because you are very dear to him. People who carry power. People who are very faithful and sincere. People that when people are sick and then they lay their hands on, the, those who are sick will be healed. Amen. Continue. You say I am rich. You say I'm rich. Uh, and that's what normally we do. Oh, I am rich. I have everything. I don't need everything from anybody. Oh, you need something from the Lord. You need salvation. I don't need anything. And you're saying that in all your riches, in all your intellectuality and wisdom and all those kind of things, you are very wretched. That is why he says that he takes the stupid things of this world to confound the wise. Huh. So it's not about how you see yourself, but how the Lord God Almighty sees you. That is the most important. That is the most important. And I'm telling you that you cannot be for the Lord God Almighty and everybody will like you. Then everybody should have loved Jesus Christ. 
Because Jesus Christ, uh, uh, he is God. He can change everybody's mind. But not everybody loved him. Even the people that he fed them. And then when they even brought even the wicked person, Barabbas. Sometimes we say Barnabas. Ba- Barabbas. And then they said everybody knows that Barabbas is wicked. And then Pilate realized that Jesus Christ is a holy and a righteous person. But they were using legalities to entangle Pilate. So there was no way that Pilate could release him. So he has to use some amnesty and say that, you know something, uh, every time one person is being released, uh, thinking that for what Jesus Christ has done for them, uh, they will say that they want what? Jesus. But all of them, not even Jesus' mother. Because the Bible not uh, recorded anywhere that somebody said that, oh, we want Jesus Christ. Everybody was quiet. And they said that they want what? Barabbas. So, Bible said that in the last days, iniquity shall abound. And the love of many shall what? Wax old. It is only few people who are able to stand and speak the truth. And these are the remnant that the Lord God Almighty is looking for. A glorious church. If Pentecost will come back and be able to do what we used to do, then we need to be people of glory. Amen. People of glory are the people who understand that the Lord has purchased them with his blood. Hallelujah. So Jesus is saying it. What did he say? Continue. He said that you are miserable and poor. Jesus is saying it. Mm-hmm. And blind and what naked. So Jesus is saying that I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified what in fire. That is why you cannot be a Christian who is not on fire. It's impossible. The man that we are serving. So John said that for me, dear, I only baptize you into re- repentance. But this Jesus, who is mightier than I, the one that you follow, when he comes. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. With fire. That is why I love the name of our church. Church of Fire. Church of Pentecost. Amen. Uh, the people who were with Jesus understood fire. It got to a point in time that when some people were trying to mess up the, the sons of tender, they told Jesus, Jesus, you know something? Shall we call fire? They said, no, 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 don't call. Because when they call, it will come. Hallelujah. When they call, it will come. Because you are a man of fire. Amen. Hallelujah. That is why when you pass through fire, fire will not be able to burn you. I cannot. How can fire burn fire? Then it means that you are defiling the laws of what? Nature. It doesn't happen like that. Continue. Then you will be rich. Also buy a white garment. Be very pure. So that you will not be shamed by all your wickedness. An ointment for your eyes. <laughs> An ointment for you so that you'll be able to see well. So you'll be able to see. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. And Jesus also in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. Jesus said that there are two ways. Uh, we have a way that is very narrow and a way that is very what broad. Uh, he said that it is very difficult to enter the narrow way. Uh, but the broad way is very easy for you to what, enter. That's why I'm saying that Christianity is not a joke. If you want to make impact, if you want to make impact, we must force to walk through the narrow way. And he said that that broad way, a lot of people pass on it. 
So many people walk on that broad way. And Jesus said that that way leads to what? Destruction. But the narrow way, which is very difficult to enter, it leads to what? Life and eternal life. Hallelujah. Amen. Apostle Paul in Galatians 1.10 also said that, I've been with you for a very long time. Is it the time that I need an approval of men? No. I don't need an approval of any person. I don't need an approval of any person. I don't need anybody to like me. Before I do the work of the Lord, I must be able to stand and be pure and be sincere, faithful in paying like my tithe. That was why I read like the tithe also to you. I've seen how that in COP, even COP, a minister, it's very difficult for you to even to sign even check. I have never signed a check before. Ask beside that he will tell you. I've never signed a check before. But as for Adidim with the menu, coffee, coffee. That one day I will look through it, coffee, coffee. I will look through everything. I will look through everything. So, and I have to make sure that things work everywhere. In the national, in the area, in the local, in the district. The district. When anybody, Jesus even calls, he said, Jesus, I look at the ten coffee, 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 coffee. So wherever, so you, the financial people will tell you, I trace every money like in the church. I trace everything. When I come to office, I look at everything. That is why sometimes I can look at your tithe and write out that you are not paying like your tithe. And I see it. And you need to pay your tithe. You need to pay it. Amen. A glorious church. Hallelujah. So it cannot be popular with the world. Now, the church in the Old Testament, a certain man, that I love him so much. His name is called David. David realized what the Lord God Almighty has done for him. And normally I see him as a model believer. That is why God says that David is a man after my own heart. A model believer sees what the Lord has done for him. And he wants to do extremely abundantly for the Lord. He gives everything for the Lord. David looks at himself and he realizes that he was nobody. If it is not God, he will have been like a poor shepherd on the wilderness. But the Lord God Almighty who saw him and brought him from the wilderness into the palace. When David now ascended onto the throne, the Bible said that David built a palace for himself. And one night, David was just walking in his palace. First Chronicles 17. First Chronicles 17. David was in his palace. And then the Bible said that David then realized and said that, Oh, how can I be in a citadel, in a very wonderful palace, whilst the ark of the covenant of the Lord is somewhere? So the Bible said that David decided to build a temple for the Lord. Amen. First King, sorry, First Chronicles 17. Maybe, maybe we can read that. There's just one and the two. Mm-hmm. First Chronicles 17, verse 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. When David was settled in his palace. When he settled in his palace. He summoned Nathan, the prophet, 
He summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in a very beautiful house. And he said about the ark of the covenant of the Lord is somewhere the Lord don't have a place to live. And then when David made this thing, Nathan said that do what your heart wants you to do for the Lord. We need the Nathans. Hallelujah. We need the Nathans in the church. That when they see so they say that go and do it for the Lord. And then the Lord God Almighty in the night gave a vision to Nathan that go and tell uh, David that I, the Lord, I have never lived in a house before. In the wilderness, I was moving from tent to tent. Uh, so I don't need you to build any house for me. However, I want your son Solomon or I want your descendant to rather build a temple for me. And the Bible said that when Nathan communicated this thing to David, David was so happy. And then the verse 16, what did he do? First Chronicles 17, 16. Yeah, what did he do? So when Nathan communicated this thing to David, David then went into wherever, maybe the temple, and then David sat. He sat. That is the last time I told you that you can sit down and then what? And pray. So David sat. He sat down in the presence of the Lord. And what did he say? He said, oh Lord, who am I? And what is my family? That you have brought me far. Or you have brought me this far. That is why it's very important that, beloved, every day we must be able to do retrospection of our life. We must be able to examine and then evaluate our lives and say that, who am I? Who am I? Uh -huh. And what is my name? What is my house? If it had not been Jesus. That's why I like this song in Nigerian language. I got away, Jesus. Says me, oh, I got away, Jesus, says me, oh, if you no go before Jesus, which side I go there, oh, I got away, Jesus, says me. I am glad that Jesus saves me. If it had not been Jesus, where would I have been? So if it had not been Jesus, huh, you were nothing, nothing. That is why he said that I have called you. You did not call me. I chose you. And I chose you for you to bear fruit. So sometimes they say, oh, I saw him major the church. I have stopped. No. It's the Lord who called you. The Lord who called you. And he called you to come and bear fruit. So you know the Lord who has called you. And he said that everything that I'm doing, I'm doing it for him. Look at David. He is very, and then I'm going to show you what this man did. And you realize that the man is really very, very, very grateful to the Lord God Almighty. So no wonder that I got to a point in time and God said that David is a man after my own heart. Ah, upon all his weakness or everything. Ah, that is why Apostle Paul was saying that God knows that we are very weak. But in this eighteen vessel, because even the vessel is eighteen, it's clay. But it's in this earthen vessel that he has put his treasure, his power in it. I always tell people that like I meet, huh, that you see, it is 
the responsibility of God to make you perfect. It is his responsibility. He knows that you are weak. So if somebody is trying to enumerate or list, you don't need to be worried at all. Uh, because the Lord God Almighty knows. And it is his responsibility to make sure that you become a perfect person. You become a glorious person. Hallelujah. Amen. So David prayed to the Lord God Almighty. Amen. He made this prayer. First Chronicles 22 verse 2 to 5. Now what happened is that after David has prayed and time progressed, the Bible said that one day David was in his house again and then he said that he want to build, God is saying that you are not the one who is going to build the temple, the church. I'm bringing in something. Uh, the church is you. Uh, in their olden times, uh, the church was just the building. But now the church is the people. And look at even the intent, the idea that he had for the church at that time. Even David. And I want to compare it to what the Lord also has for you. Amen. That's what I'm doing. So follow it. So David in the house one day said that, the church that I want to build for the Lord God Almighty, this is how I want the church to be. First Chronicles 22, 5. What is what David want to do? Verse 22, verse 5. My son Solomon is still young. The Lord has told me that it's my son Solomon who is supposed to build the church of God. But he is too, it's very young that he cannot do anything. So what I want to do, I want to make preparations for my son Solomon so that he will be able to build the church that I, uh, I plan to build. But the Lord did not give me the opportunity to build. Uh -huh. So David is saying that the temple that my son Solomon, the church that my son Solomon should build, must be magnificent. Continue. Must be magnificent. And that structure, it must be famous and what? And splendid. Amen. David is saying that the church must be what? Magnificent. The church must be powerful. The church must be famous. The whole nation should see the church and give glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. So that is why... Paul said that because of me, they glorify the Lord. Amen. If we are possessing the nation, we are possessing the nation, then this magnificent, this fame, this splendor, aroma must be around us. Hallelujah. When those things are around us, it's very easy for us to possess what? The nation. And what did David do? And glorious throughout the world. And he said that because of this, I will be making preparations for this. So that was David. And I want us to look at the preparations that David made for this house. Now go with me. The same place. Go all the way to the 14 to the 19. Second, first Chronicles 22, 14 to the 19. Look at it. Mm. 
So David is communicating that he has worked out to provide materials for the building. He enumerated all the materials there. You can read it. Go to the verse 19. Mm -hmm. Amen. So after David has provided all these materials, he then admonished his son Solomon that seek the Lord God Almighty with all what your heart. Now, I want to go back again. Go to the 14 to the 17 and let us see the materials that David provided for the Lord. Are you reading the NLT? Powerful. Good. Mm-hmm. So David provided 4,000 tons of gold. Wait, wait, wait. If you read it like that, they think that it's nothing. 4,000 tons of gold. A ton of gold, uh, a ton, one ton, is 1,000 kilograms. 1,000 kilograms. So 4,000 tons means that 1,000 times 4,000 are the three zeros to it. So 4 million kilograms of gold. So it means that if you do not like a ton, one at a crater, huh? track is a ton. So it means that how many at a craters can you pack here? It means that the gold offering that David produced for the building of the temple is more than the whole of this building, the whole structure, this whole facility. From Machion all the way to this place. One person. This is the material that he provided for the Lord. I'm telling you, because the man knew what the Lord has done for him. So even though the Lord is saying that he is not the one who is going to build it, he's not the one who is going to build it, it is a son. But he still has to make preparations for it. Giving us, uh, in this world, who will be able to give even a kilogram of gold to the Lord. He gave what? Four million kilogram of gold for the building of it. As for the silver, they don't talk about it. 40,000, isn't it? Tons. If you multiply by time, so 40 million kilograms of silver. Go to internet, have you seen it? You just say, what is a kilogram of silver? And then multiply. So that he gave a lot about billions and trillions for the building of the temple. That one was just an ordinary temple. Temple that the Lord said that I don't live in temples built with the hand. And when the temple was being built, and then they brought the Ark of the Covenant, the last time I showed you, the glory of the Lord came into the temple. And when they did the dedication to the glory again, what came into what? The temple. And now it is not like a physical structure. It is you. So if David has to give this material things for the Lord, for the work of the Lord, what are you giving to the Lord? If you appear before the beamer seat with David, and the Lord is saying that this was what David gave for the building of his house, you what did you give? What did you give? Compare what you, David gave. He was a shepherd, a poor shepherd. That is why you giving something to the Lord must not be very difficult for you at all. It must not be very difficult. It's very difficult for you to actually not understand what the Lord has done for you. May the Lord God Almighty be gracious unto us.
so that we understand what he has done for us, how far he has brought us, how far he has brought us, and what he wants to accomplish through us for the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Time is far spent. We have some attributes or some characteristics of this glorious church. We have compared the Old Testament church, but that is a temple, ordinary temple, physical temple. But now it's not a physical temple. It is you. There are some attributes, about four attributes. I will list them and then I will summarize it. The first characteristic of the church, that the church must be morally pure. The church must be what? Spiritually what? Clean. Amen. The church must be what? Spiritually what? Clean. According to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, where we read, the Bible said that the members of this glorious church are very clean. And their cleansing is by the washing of the water through the blood. Sorry, through water. So the water of the word washes the, the members of the glorious church and they are very clean. So Jesus in John chapter 3, a certain man called Nicodemus came to him, a Pharisee. He said, what can I do to enter into a kingdom of God? Jesus told him that you need to be born again. He asked Jesus so many things. I'm a very old man. Should I enter my mother's womb again? He said, no, you don't need to enter your mother's womb. But a man must be born of water and of what? Spirit. He cannot enter. John chapter 3, verse what? 5. Hallelujah. So the members are what? Morally what? Clean. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, too, we also see the same thing also there in a different form. Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 3 says that, you see, the word that I've spoken to you has made you what? Clean. You are cleansed because of the word what I've spoken unto you. So the members of this church, they are morally what? Pure. They are morally clean. They are people without spot or wrinkle. No such thing is attached to them. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27. What does he say? Ephesians 5 27. Where we read. Ephesians 5.27. Ephesians 5.27. Mm-hmm. He, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle. Without a spot or wrinkle. So, or any other such thing. So the Lord wants you to be blameless without any spot, without any word. Wrinkle. Touches not on clean things. This church uh, the members of the glorious church, they don't touch anything that is what unclean. In other words, they are Nazarites. They are holy people. Uh, razors don't touch their hair. They don't touch things which are what unclean. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 27. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 to 18. They obey the glorious message of God. You see, they are morally clean, so they obey the glorious message of the Lord. First Timothy 1, 11. Not only are they morally clean, another characteristic or future of the glorious church is that they are doctrinally pure. First, they are what? Morally what? Pure. 
The second one, they are what? Doctrinally what? Pure. It means that scripturally, they are very sound. Amen. They know the word of God. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, verse 27 to 31, the people of this church accept the teachings and the counsels of God only. It's only the teachings of God. They don't accept anything. They don't accept anything. Anything outside the teachings of God, they don't accept. They are doctrinally what? Pure. They endure sound doctrine. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 to 4. Sound doctrine. And they resist false doctrine inwardly and outwardly. Titus chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. And Jude chapter 3. Sorry, Jude verse 3. So they contend for the faith. They contend for the faith. So morally, they are poor, uh, pure. Doctrinally, they are what? Pure. The third characteristic of them is that these members, they are actively faithful. Tell your friend, you must be actively faithful. You must be faithfully active. You must be actively faithful. You must be faithfully active. Hallelujah. They engage in energetic work. The members of this church, they are very, 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 very busy. They work very hard. They understand that the king's business is done in the haste. Some people, when they come to the boy, they are even being late. And you see the way like they walk. When they they don't care about like anything. Glorious people, when they, they, they run. You see, when we were young, when we were growing up, every day I say that when we were young, as if I've grown. <laughs> you see, when, when I was growing then, like the people that I was around them, they were very hot on fire. In fact, it's COP people. I've been COP people. And uh, there is one minister who was teaching me at Sunday school, Stop Anam. He's now a minister of the church. And then, every time that let's say, if they don't see you like maybe in a day or two, or let's say there's a program, and then you are late and then you are coming. When they see us, ah, oko, oko. Oko, why you Why you Why you Why you to look at the way he's walking. Then everybody, uh, when they see you that, they will know. When they see that you are cold, they will know. How you find out that uh, when you are coming, you are always at the back. Uh-huh. And it became like our term. When you see the person you have not seen for a very long time. And then he doesn't want to do the work. He does You look at it. Ah, now we test. Ah, presiding at that. Why do you 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 Say Beloved, we need to be very hot for the Lord. They are actively faithful. And I want to end it. I want to, and I have a lot. I want to end it by letting us read 
this one. This one. Revelations chapter 2 verse 10. Look at this. Faithful. They are loyal and steadfast. They are very loyal and steadfast members. Very loyal. So Jessica, if I see you and then I realize that you are here, I say, oh, Jessica, I will tell Michelle, Jessica, why do you Yes, Jessica, huh? Revelation. Jesus is saying that, you see, if you are a glorious church, uh, you will go through so many things. And Jesus is saying that, don't be afraid of what you are about to offer. Beloved, let me tell you something. You see, Jesus Christ did not promise us, huh? Of suffering free Christianity, no. But he promised us his strength in the suffering. That was what he, he promised us. Uh, so it's not like when we come, everything is going to be fine. Uh, you are not going to go through any suffering, no. Uh, he did not promise us that. But he promised us that when we are in those suffering, he is with us. So that my presence will be with you. So Paul said that I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens you. So he will strengthen you. He will empower you. And you'll be able to go through what? The suffering. So Apostle Paul. Have you seen it? Sorry, Apostle John. Getting the revelation from Jesus Christ. Jesus said, oh, don't be afraid of what you will be going through. Huh? He said that the devil is going to oppress a lot of you. That is why you see we should block negative things. You see, the Bible said that in the last day, perilous time will come, and the love of many shall wax old. How you said that that one minus me. But then when the Bible says that we'll be the head, but not the tail, that yes, I am the head. But most times we try to go with the other ones. Amen. How we try to go with the other ones. I'll resist the enemy. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. Say that you go through that. Uh, they will bring in so many schemes. Huh. to diminish your faith, to make sure that you become very cold. You yourself, when you are cold, you are worried. Huh. Because you yourself, you know that uh, you don't have that joy because that joy is given by the Lord. Huh. You want to do the work of the Lord. So anything that will become a hindrance preventing you from doing the work of the Lord, never. That is why I love this man so much, Nabot. Nabot. Ahab said that, you know something, Nabot, hey, I want you to give me this vineyard. Nabot said, I'm not going to give this vineyard to you today or tomorrow. He said, you know something, I want to give you this vineyard for money. He said, I will not, I'm not going to do that. I want to exchange it for another vineyard. He said, I'm not going to do that because it's the inheritance that the Lord God Almighty has given to my fathers. And nobody didn't even have to even to die even because of that. Because when nobody did not give that thing to Ahab, Ahab became Muslim. He became very, very cold. Very, very cold. Beloved, we are exchanging like the good things. I'm telling you, you must not be able, you must be able to stand and say, this one I'm doing for the Lord, I will continue to do it for the Lord. Even if I have to even to die, I will die. And then the, Jesus Christ said that you should not be afraid of the one who kills the body. And I love the Hebrew boys 
What did they say? The Hebrew boys, the way like they said the thing, eh, if you're not careful, you think that they have contradicted themselves. So. Because they said that, we know that God is going to what? Save us. We know that what God is going to what? Save us. That is what faith, putting your faith, your trust in God. Then they contradicted themselves. If you look at it, they say that, even if the Lord did not even save us, you are saying that you know the Lord is going to, the Lord is going to save you. But what they were trying to say is faithfulness. It means that they are going to be very faithful to the Lord, very loyal and steadfast. Very loyal and, and steadfast. Beloved, God only rewards faithfulness. He rewards only faithfulness. I'm telling you, faithfulness in marriage, in education, in ministry, in tithe and offering, in everything, that is what the Lord rewards. That's what the Lord rewards. Read it and let us end. He said that you suffer for many days, 10 days. Mm -hmm. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death and you remain faithful, I will give you the crown of life. I will give you the fruit from the tree of life. Beloved, that's why Jesus Christ said that if he did not cut the days short, he will not get anybody. He will not get anybody. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because when some people are just being pushed a little, they give the precious things that they are holding, they keep it out. But as for me, me, I will not give it out. I will not give it out. If I know, I'm very convinced that what I'm doing, everywhere that I stand, I'll be able, even Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, I'll be able to talk. So that Jesus, that is it. You know my mind, you know my conscience. Like Paul said, men sound very clean. So you are not worried at all. And the Lord will defend you. The last one, I say I'm ending, but let's see what this man also confirmed. Look at it. James 1, the same thing. James confirmed what John said. Look at it. James 1, verse 12, and then we'll close. What did you confirm? James 1, verse 12. Mm -hmm. God did what? People will endure. Endure. And it's very difficult to endure. I'm telling you. When everybody is speaking against you, share. The last time that chairman came here, he met us, he said something. He said, hey, are you overseeing our bread, Papa? Hey, would you channel rough up? Would you channel on? He said, he has done, he has done. He, has, he said, sometime too, he has done it too. <laughs> but he stood for the Lord. He stood for the Lord. Say, oh, pray, oh. But he stood for the Lord. And he was admonished. He said, but today is the chairman. He said, all the people that yeah, see today is the chairman. So to turn the papa. Beloved, stand for the Lord. Hallelujah. Stand for the Lord. Stand for the Lord. Uh -huh. Continue. He said that after when you endure, you receive the crown of life. Beloved, we need to go to heaven. We need to go to heaven. We need to go to heaven. We must work very, very hard for yourself and for the church. Pray that the church will grow. Do all your best. For whom you have wouldn't put all yourself in. Don't give it out. Even 
if a pastor who is even worry you, but continue serving the Lord. Continue serving the Lord. Who is pastor? Tomorrow he is not here. Can you stand before the beamers and tell the Lord that because it was pastor? Oh. Never, never give up. Do it. Say, hey, Master, about we also work for the Lord. Also work for the Lord. Out of the day, we also do our own. Glorious church. Work for the Lord. Huh? If you know that what you are doing is right, continue doing it for the Lord. Continue doing it for the Lord. Do it for the Lord, please. The church has to grow. Do it for the Lord. At the end of the day, when Jesus Christ comes, as our sister said, he will give you the crown of life. Give you the crown of life. And I end this one. I said the last one, but I love this one too much. This is the difficult thing in the world. Second Chronicles. This one, look at it. Very difficult in the world. Even difficult for the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. Look at it. Very difficult. And that is the challenge of the church now. Read it for us. Verse 9. The eyes of the Lord. The Lord's eyes. The, the Lord is moving all over the world. His eyes is going round, going through PIWC, going to the whole church of Pentecost. In order to strengthen those whose heart are what? Fully what? Committed what? To him. This version didn't say it well. Other ones, you see how he says it. So interesting. Michelle, how does your own say? Hmm? Second Chronicles 69. The King James Version. The NJV. The new. Hmm? It runs throughout the whole world. Those whose heart is what loyal, faithful. Is it the Lord wants to empower those who are faithful to Him, who are loyal to Him? So the Lord is just looking, going round, going round, going round. AC is AC's heart loyal? Is AC faithful to me? There to empower you because He knows that it's very difficult. May the Lord find you, Hallelujah. And use you to build like his church. The church has to grow. The church has to grow. You see that all the leaders, they are crying. Chairman is crying. National head is crying. Area head is crying. Everybody wants the church to grow. Because Pentecost has become stagnant for some time. Has become stagnant for some time. This was not what we used to be. Fire brand church. Church that you could uh, uh, feel the presence of God. That the members are so happy that they sell everything that they have to help. Your problem is my problem. Uh, I want it to be well with you. Even when we are even stopping the church, I will force you not to stop. But nowadays, oh, I don't know. Oh, Pentecost? No. Hey, the Lord is with you. It will be well. There is love in the church. You don't worry. Let, let us continue to pray. It's the church of God. It's the church of God. 
May the Lord God Almighty have mercy upon us.